and welcome to another episode of You Hear Me, a podcast devoted to young adult literature. I'm Alan Hoffman. And I'm Cody Hoffman. And today we are going to be talking about Cinder by Marissa Meyer, uh, a very interesting read. I inappropriately, the last time out, referred to it as Robot Cinderella. No. It is Cyborg Cinderella. Yes. And there are people from the moon in it. Yes, and it's part of a series called The Lunar Chronicles. And we will be discussing uh, Cinder today. That's the first book. Cody has read the whole series, so she'll be able to tell you a little bit about how it ties in uh, to the rest of the series, what it sets up. We'll try not to give anything away. We will discuss the ending of Cinder, though, so hopefully you have read it through. If not, pause. We'll wait. (laughs) <laughs> and then you can finish up Cinder. I don't know how you put the book down, but hopefully uh, we'll have a really nice discussion about it. And as always, we look forward to hearing uh, your feedback, your thoughts on the book. And we actually do have a bit of listener mail. Yay! Uh, so a few weeks ago, I had a professional development training at the school that I teach at. And these people came in, and their icebreaker for us was... What is something that is interesting about you? And I was racking my brain for what I could talk about uh, because I like to read a lot, which doesn't make me the most interesting person in a room a lot of the time. But then I remembered Cody and I just started this totally awesome podcast. And so uh, I mentioned that. And one of the people that ran the professional development ran in. It was uh, Noelle Gomez. I believe she's out of Utah. And she said, I just wanted to let you know that I thoroughly enjoyed the introduction and the first episode. Thank you for doing this. I also enjoy young adult literature, and I am looking forward to hearing about new books and series I may not have read yet. It helps me to have great conversations with my teenage children. So uh, thank you for your email, Noel, and uh, glad we could help on the teenage front. Working with teenagers day in and day out, I know they are not the easiest nuts to crack sometimes conversationally, so... So if you have a little uh, information on what they're reading that can maybe help form some uh, other conversations. And uh, just a reminder, too, that you can always write into us. The email address is yahearmeshow at gmail.com. You can also uh, find us on Twitter at yahearmeshow and then on Facebook as well at facebook.com backslash yahearmeshow. With that in mind... Let's get into Cinder. And now, Cody, it's been a little <laughs> while since you've read it. It has. Actually, the most recent one that I have read is actually Winter. And I'd like to get into Stars Above, which just came out in five, or not five. It's short story. It is five. It's five short stories that deal with the characters in, in the series. So I would like to read those. So I'm going to have to kind of go back and try to remember a little bit of Cinder since I've, I know how it turns out. So, yeah, we will talk about Cinder. We'll give you um, a brief recap, a brief summary of it. Um, We'll give you the Cliff Notes version of it, and uh, I might have to jog Cody's memory at times since it's a little bit fresher in my head than it might be for you. Yes. So do you remember who the main character is? Um, I'm going to go with Cinder. That is correct. I think it's her foot on the cover. It is. It is her foot. So uh, Cinder, just a reminder, is a cyborg in this retelling. And she's actually a mechanic, and not only a mechanic, 
but one of the best mechanics in New Beijing, which is a city in, I'm guessing, China. It's like the capital city of like the Eastern Commonwealth. Yes. So Common. it's kind of like a, like basically all of Asia is united um, in a way. I did like how in throughout the countries, there was like, you know, the North American Union, the African Union, the Eastern, and then European Union. Australia. Yeah. Even way into the future, Australia, they just have too many poisonous things. So nobody <laughs> have touches... have to keep them separate. <laughs> nobody touches Australia. I've, I've, I've been to Australia. I love the country. I just So that stood out to me. Um, but anyway, Cinder is a mechanic. She's a very good mechanic. And the prince drops by her shop yes. and gives her an android to fix under the premise of it's kind of a trying time. And this android was basically his teacher... And he'd really like to have that kind of companionship again. Cinder doesn't buy it for two seconds, with good reason, but she sets about uh, fixing the android for the prince, who is a major hottie. Uh, yeah, definitely. He is the star of the, of the Commonwealth. He is the bachelor. He's basically Justin Bieber mixed with... Channing Justin Timberlake, always oh, Channing mixed Tatum. with Justin Timberlake, yeah. mixed with myself. Oh, yeah, exactly, right, dear. <laughs> um, uh, but a lot of um, Cinder is actually kind of resistant to the charms of Prince Kai. Is that how you say it? That's name? how I said it. All right, yes. so that he, she's kind of resistant to the charms of Prince Kai, uh, but her stepsisters not so much. Definitely not. No, her youngest sister. Peony, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's not a pronunciation guide. We really know how to say cinder, and that's about it. Right. Well, we had a, a conversation earlier about how to say eco, which is cinder's actually best friend, pretty much, in the story, and her, her droid. That yeah, she she's has. a robot. Yeah. Um, who has a great personality and is also in love with Prince Kai as well. I mean, I'm in love with Prince Kai. Uh, who isn't, really? So, yeah, I mean, exactly. And if you're familiar with the story of Cinderella, you know there's going to be a major ball that's coming up. So that's kind of the talk in the community. But while all this is going on, there is a plague that is hitting the people of Earth. A plague that has come from the moon, mm -hmm. and there is no cure, and they're working on it. Uh, but And the prince's father has it. Yes, the prince's father has it. There's no cure for it. Uh, oh, and by the way, we're kind of in a Cold War situation with the people that live on the moon who have magical powers. They do. They have glamours. They have glamours. So they can do some mind control. They can also make themselves look different than how they actually appear. So especially Queen Lavana, the queen of the moon, of Luna, she has one of the most um, powerful glamours, and consequently, she is one of the most beautiful women in the world. Well, she on makes, the moon. <laughs> she makes people think that, though. Yes, yes. There are hints that the reality is not so much. Yes, and to get her backstory, you should read Lavana's story, which is called Fairest. And whoo, whoo boy, she is a messed up, messed up character. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, as all of this is kind of going on, um, obviously Cinder it has 
problems at home. You her, gotta have the evil her stepmom. Stepmother is not a very nice lady. Uh, I think that's gonna put it mildly. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is uh, she wants basically Cinder to get a part to help kind of fix their car. It's not really a car, but you know, for all intents and purposes, fix their car. Uh, and so Cinder goes to the junkyard to do this and takes the youngest Peony, Peony uh, with her. And while there, Peony contracts the plague. Mm-hmm. So Peony is taken to basically a quarantine yeah. camp. Uh, and Cinder comes home. Uh, the stepmom has already been alerted what happened to Peony. And basically... She doesn't really kick Cinder out because she can't really do that. But well, she's under kind of an obligation to her late husband when it comes to Cinder. And Cinder's actually not biologically her late husband's child. But she is sworn to kind of watch over Cinder even if it's not done very well. So while she can't really banish Cinder or kick her out of the house... She can sell her to a scientific researcher to try to find a cure for the plague. Because they've been testing on cyborgs. Because cyborgs are viewed as lesser humans and Cinder is a cyborg. Cinder goes and she meets with the doctor and lo and behold, she is immune to the plague. Yes, an interesting development indeed. And she essentially, we find out that those who are immune to the plague, happened to be from Luna. The moon. The moon. So Cinder finds out that she is a lunar, so she's going to go on kind of a a journey of discovery of her own. Mm -hmm. Um, She doesn't, she tries to use her powers a little bit that she has, um, but not a whole lot. Well, she has a device that was put into her, her spinal cord that kind of keeps things so that she can't produce her glamour. So while all of this is going on, she finds that out. Uh, Prince Kai's father, the Emperor, passes away. And because the Queen of the Moon is the most evil being in the universe, she decides that's going to be a great time to make demands of Earth to avoid a war. And she comes to Earth to attend the funeral and then the swearing-in of uh, Prince Kai as emperor, but also just as a political power play as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, she's not really well welcomed by anybody, but she uses her charms and the people that come to the palace to protest against her. They end up falling in love with her, basically, or at least admiring her. Because she has that mind control element and the glamour that makes her attractive. But then, in the meantime, Cinder has fixed Prince Kai's android. Yes. And there is talk of a long-lost lunar princess that could take the throne back. Mm -hmm. But we don't know who it is. No. We do not. So, she gets the android back into the right hands. Uh, The doctor says, you need to stay away from the palace as much as you can. But while all of this is going on, remember there's a ball, and Prince Kai kind of has the hots for Cinder and is trying to get her to come to the ball. But Queen Lavana obviously doesn't want that to happen because she wants to get herself engaged to Prince Kai. Remember, Prince Kai looks like some sort of combination of all the hottest (laughs) celebrities and myself, so we can understand this. 
it might be a political move, dear, but yeah. Okay. I think she's a little older than him too, as well. Cradle robber. She is. Yes. Yes. But she can make herself look whatever age she wants. There you go. Cinder is actually banned from going to the ball from her stepmother. Mm -hmm. But if you are familiar with the story, you know that that's not going to happen. It's more of a suggestion. She actually finds an old car, like from our day and age, refers to it as a pumpkin, fixes it up, and that is what she ends up driving to the ball. She's got grease stains all over her dress and her gloves, gloves that were given to her by the prince. Yes. Pulling out all the stops. Which cover her cyborg hand. Yeah. So then she shows up to the ball and kind of all sorts of shenanigans break loose because she comes face to face directly with the queen. Yes. And then we find out something. Well, we've already found out that she's a lunar. We do. And then we find out that she can also produce a glamour. Yeah. So she originally was thought to be someone that was from the moon that can't, that doesn't have powers, isn't magical, but she does. She actually has those kind of powers. Um, This upsets the queen a lot because, I mean, everything upsets the queen, and they actually end up taking and arresting Cinder. And Prince Kai also, um, through all of this, he is shocked as well that she is lunar, and also that she was a cyborg. So, and, and that's kind of where the book leaves off. The doctor yes. does come to Cinder um, at the very end. And this kind of drove me a little bit nuts. Because he gets into like the, you know, the ship that's going to go to the moon and says, Hey, Cinder, by the way, you're a really important person. Maybe you should break out of this ship and come meet me in Africa. Yep. Doesn't help her. Just says... You need to do this. Well, she's already proven very resourceful. She is. She is. She did fix up a car, like an ancient car, all by herself. She's a really good mechanic. Uh, she's starting to explore her glamour, so she kind of has an idea about how to bend people's will to her own. Uh, but that's kind of where the book leaves off, is the doctor coming on and saying, Hey, by the way, come meet me in Africa once you get out of this prison ship. Prison ship. What would you call it? I yeah, prison ship. <laughs> so and, and that's that's kind of Cinder in a nutshell. Maybe a little bit longer than the Sparknotes version, but a lot happens in this book. There is, of course, going to be that scene where Cinder, actually, her foot—not just a slipper, but a foot—gets left on the palace steps. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some of those notes that hit the Cinderella. Uh, fairy tale. theme the fairy yeah the fairy tale theme but it's also very much its own story and it and it connects to uh, a greater work of novels as well mm-hmm. so how did you overall feel that the fairy tale and science fiction realms m- melded together i i think they they meld together really well i think you know there's kind of that old quote i don't really know where it comes from but if you you know a society comes across another society that is vastly superior to them with their technology, it will appear as if it's magic. And I think a lot of the things in this book, they just kind of come off as magic. You know, cyborgs walking around, androids that have personality chips. Obviously, there are 
literal magical elements like the moon, people from the, the glamour, moon yeah. having glamours and stuff like that. But I think the science fiction, it's it's advanced enough that kind of can pass itself off as a type of magic. And in the future series, there's um, space travel elements to it and everything, um, and a lot more spaceships and things like that. So the science fiction element, I think, really comes out. But I think overall, I, it's pretty, I mean, it's very well done. I really enjoyed the series. I really enjoyed Cinder. It got me hooked right away as soon as I started reading it, just because of that that good blending. You're looking for those clues of the fairy tale that you know and that you remember from your childhood and trying to figure out how she's going to weave it all together. And she does a very good job with that. Yeah, and obviously there are changes uh, to the fairy tale story, but I, I think that just enhances it and makes it that much better. It's it's not just a retelling of the Cinderella story. It's kind of a riff off of the Cinderella story mm-hmm. set in this new setting. So I think it's I think it's it's a, it's pretty cool, and I can't wait. I, I'll probably read the rest of them at some time. Right. Um, but you I should. think though, I think I'm I'm excited for the next one. Deals with it's Scarlet. Little Red it deals Riding with Hood. yep, Little Red Riding Hood. And then after that, after it's, that is Crest, and that deals with Rapunzel. Then the final one is Winter, and that deals with Snow White. But you do need to somewhere in there. I feel that you should read Lavana's story, Fairest before you read winter because it's going to set up a lot of things it's going to delve into um winter's mother lavana's sister no not winter's mother i apologize no not winter's mother somebody else important's mother but it deals with lavana's story and then it sets up how winter came to be because winter actually is a um princess on the moon but she's lavana's stepdaughter all right, and so one of the things that we were also talking about um, with Cinder is that it has a really cool message for girls. It does. Cinder's a strong female character. She's not relying on Prince Kai to do anything. I mean, there's no decision. Ultimately, I've danced with this girl for 15 seconds, and I'm going to marry her. Like, if you've seen perhaps the Disney version of Cinderella or something like that. I mean, she's building things. She's making things. She's outwitting uh, adults. And true, she has her cyborg options, but she's leading the story. And definitely she's the lead of the story. It's not the prince. Yeah, she takes a, a very active role in it. And so if you think, you know, to some of those classical fairy tales, and, and even classical Dis- Disney movies, they kind of have a, a theme, maybe unintentionally, of you know waiting for the prince to save you um the prince will get you out of that situation but cinder you know she fixes up a car and that's her means of escaping her situation she takes that into her own hands she's actually running a shop so she's making money it goes to her stepmother but she's still doing that and she actually does save up some money and buys herself kind of a new foot at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the novel uh, and i i think it's really interesting because the the one character who is kind of trapped in that traditional fairy tale mindset is the queen because she relies on her looks and her perceived beauty to maintain a hold of power. And she's kind of usurped by, well, not usurped yet anyway, but Cinder arrives on the scene literally in a wrinkled up dress that's got grease stains all over it uh, and not this 
perfect picture that you might remember Cinderella being. She's like the opposite of that, but she's still getting the job done, and Kai recognizes that and respects that. And I think that is part of the attraction, too. She's not a passive character. So I think this sends a really good message to girls of just do what you're interested in, don't care what other people think of how you look, mm -hmm. and just, you know, be yourself, and everything else is going to take care of itself. Something I just thought of, um, Lavana when she's on screens of any kind, like video, has to cover herself because her glamour isn't um, doesn't take care of the technology part of it. And so it was just popping into my head that, you know, cinders herself no matter what. But Lavana, I mean, with the technology, she can't actually truly be herself because technology is thwarting her at every turn. And uh, Cinder, just because of the fact that she is a mechanic and everything, she kind of is technology and, and represents the future and growth and building and making things. Any so, thoughts on that, Alan? I, I think you, you fit it on the head. <laughs> you, you kind of just nodded like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm brilliant. Thank you. We both are. <laughs> we are both very attractive and brilliant people. <laughs> Uh, if you uh, if you like Cinder or you are interested in Cinder anyway, you should read it. You should read the rest of the series. But if you are just enamored with this idea of fantasy books with a science fiction twist, um, I, I found some recommendations of you. I actually haven't read some of these, but some of them have really piqued my interest. And I'll put a link to this on our on our website and kind of in the show notes that will be in there. Um, but and by the way, the website is youhearmeshow.blogspot.com. It's uh, Kelsey Hudson who uh, put up this article for the Spokane County Library District, and she lists off a couple of books that have kind of that fairy tale setting, but have kind of a different twist to them. Cinder is one of them. Um, one is a short story collection. My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. By Kate Berheimer, which I selected just because of the really awesome name. Uh, and she takes uh, fairy tales, kind of like The Little Mermaid and Rumpelstiltskin, and weaves them into something a little bit different. And then another one that has caught my eye was Dorothy Must Die by Daniel Page. And on this sign, uh, it says, Well, not a fairy tale, Dorothy Must Die certainly reimagines a classic. This twist on the Oz saga pits Amy Gum, the other girl from Kansas, against power-hungry Dorothy. In a tale where the flying monkeys may be good, the good witches are probably bad, and the wicked witches aren't very wicked, Oz isn't like you remembered. Don't get too comfortable with the plot or any characters. There are plenty of twists and quite a bit of death in this adventure to Oz. I would say one thing with the Dorothy one. I started reading it, and I quickly realized it's not for my middle school library, as there is some language right away at the beginning. Yeah, so, so keep with, it to the high schoolers. With that one, keep it with the high schoolers, or at least put some sort of trigger warning uh, on there. But uh, we'll put a link to that website because there's there's uh, probably like six or seven at least books that uh, Ms. Hudson has recommended on that site. So we'll definitely have a link to that. And I have two recommendations as well if you liked this, the Lunar Chronicles or Cinder. Uh, I would check out Red Queen by Victoria Avgard and Stitching Snow by R.C. Lewis. All right. So check those out. Let us know what you think of those. As for us... The next book that we're going to read is Salt to the Sea 
by Ruta Sepetis, and if I mispronounced your name, I do apologize. We'll try to nail down an exact pronunciation for the next time. But uh, Salt to the Sea is a it's a historical fiction novel. It's set during World War II, and it features three young girls that are fleeing the the war from Prussia, and they get aboard a ship which is sunk. It's based off of a true story, so it'll be kind of young adult uh, mixed with some historical fiction in there. Um, some reviewers have compared it to All the Light We Cannot See, which was a huge literary sensation last year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how Salt to the Sea uh, kind of picks up with that tradition. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to read this novel. As soon as Alan read the summary to me, I was immediately like, yes, that's the book we're doing next. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Cody, any final thoughts on Cinder or... I am excited. Uh, Marissa Meyer is now turning her eyes towards the Alice in Wonderland. And the f book that she has coming up, I, I don't know exactly when it's out, but it's called Heartless. And it's about the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland and her uh, origin story. By the way, just since we talked about this earlier... Yes. What fairy tale oh. would you like to see Marissa Meyer tackle and connect to the Lunar Chronicles? I, and how would she do it? I was thinking of Sleeping Beauty, and I wanted her to connect it uh, just as far as they're dealing with the plague. So maybe there's some connection before they develop this plague that they send down to the Earth. That maybe they um, had some experiments and one of them caused a coma-like condition. And it was possibly tested on maybe an ambassador's daughter named um, Aurora or who became Sleeping Beauty. That was something I thought maybe could, could happen. And I was thinking it'd be... Okay, well, I had an idea for Pinocchio, but Coldy told me it was really stupid. Well, <laughs> so I'm not even going to mention it because I don't want to relive that horror. Of you can thank me, viewers, just, because or listeners, just dumping on my parade. Yeah. It, so the no. one that I'm going to go with is Goldilocks and the Three Bears, <laughs> and Goldilocks would be like a person that kind of has OCD a little bit, and so she's always trying to find something that is just right. And the bears, instead of being actual bears, would be like shuttles to the moon. And she selects the one that is just right. And maybe that gets her into some uh, shenanigans in the moon with where it docks and, and things like that. So maybe just kind of a side adventure story. Though. It would be interesting to see what Marissa Meyer would do with the bear aspect. Because she takes the wolf from Red Riding Hood and makes it into a person in Scarlet, the second one. So... By the way, Marissa Meyer, you are free to take my idea and turn it into a Mine short too. Story. Yeah, so feel free. Just, just you know, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, come on the show, Marissa Meyer. We love you. Come on the show. Oh, that was our Gilmore guys. Shout, shout out, out there. to Gilmore guys. <laughs> uh, if you would like to give us a shout out, you can do so by emailing us at yahearmeshow at gmail dot com. We're also on Twitter at yahearmeshow and Facebook facebook dot com slash you hear me show uh, we love to hear from you guys we really like getting our first listener mail we hope to hear some more um, either your thoughts on cinder or your thoughts on salt to the sea coming up you can also like us and subscribe to us and leave us some comments on itunes we're up on there so search for you hear me show on itunes and make sure that you subscribe to that indeed yes we'd love to 
interact with our listeners, get as much feedback as we can or suggestions. Maybe you know some books that would pair well with Cinder that we should know about. Yes, we literally selected Salt to the Sea five minutes before we started recording. Yes. So if you have any suggestions about what book we should read next or what book you'd really like to hear us talk about, do let us know. But in the meantime, I do want to thank Josh Woodward. He is the composer and performer of our theme music, which is Overthrown. And if you like his work, you can check out more of it at joshwoodward.com. And our cover art was done by Justin Davis. So for Cody, I'm Alan. Well, that'll wrap up episode two of You Hear Me, where we talk about Cinder. And we look forward to talking to you guys in two weeks.
smile.